0: to Inner Warm Up. I'm your host, taylor Lees Morrison, founder and author of Inner Workout, ICF certified coach, and fellow journeyer. In 2017, I set out to build a life that didn't burn me out, and I found my life's work in the process. On Inner Warm Up, we talk about how self-care and inner work show up in your relationships, your career, your schedule, and in the conversations you have with yourself. We get practical, we get nuanced, and we're not afraid to challenge wellness as usual. So take a deep breath and get curious. This is where your inner work begins. Today on the show, we have Natasha Samuel. Natasha is the host of the Shine Online podcast, and she's a video marketing coach for small businesses. Through her signature group coaching programs and educational content, Natasha helps you build your brand with a confident video marketing strategy that ultimately grows your business, community, and impact simultaneously. Now, if you've been listening to the Playdate season, you know that while Natasha's work might color some of the conversation, we're here to talk to Natasha about how she plays. So keep listening to learn how amplifying the good can be a game changer for inner work and play, the role of jealousy and curiosity in finding ways to play, In the business lesson that helps Natasha navigate new hobbies, whether or not you're a business owner, this is such a good episode about finding what works for you when it comes to both work and play. Enjoy. Want to know how growth starts? With asking yourself the right questions. Our free Take Care Assessment asks you 75 questions that get to the root of what you need most right now. After completing the assessment, you'll get a PDF profile with practices based on your results. Head to the link in our show notes to take care today. Natasha, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Taylor. I'm excited. I was saying before that this just felt like it was supposed to happen. I, when did I meet you? I think I met you in 2020 at Alt Summit. So I guess it's been like three years and it's been so fun to watch you from afar and all the evolutions that you've had in your business and when we were talking about this play date season, I know that there are folks who listen to the podcast who are business owners, and we've had a few people already talk about how there can be this tension when you work for yourself or you do work that you really enjoy, and how do you still make sure you have a life outside of that? So I'm really excited to dive into what you did and what that looked like for you this past summer. But first... I should probably make sure people know who you are and what you do. So can you tell us a little bit about what you do for work? Yes, definitely. So I started my journey
1: as an entrepreneur, as a social media manager, and slowly that turned into a coaching business. So I'm a video coach for entrepreneurs, creators that want to leverage the power of video and want to do it in a way that's authentic, but also really simple for them. So that's really the main thing that I do. But I'm also a speaker, a creator myself. I have a podcast. Um, I love doing speaking and collaborating with brands. So I kind of do a little bit of everything, but video coaching is my main Thing.
0: Yeah. You have this really rich and multifaceted career, which as someone who has a portfolio career, who has many aspects of what I do, it's always nice to see other people and be like, oh yeah, they're doing it too in their own way. Makes me feel a little bit less alone. Yeah, definitely. So the reason why I brought you here is because of this whole summer camp experiment that you had last summer. And from my understanding of it, you shortened your work weeks even more than you already have them shortened. And you also made sure to intentionally prioritize your hobbies. So I guess where I want to start before we jump into summer camp, I'm rewinding myself a little bit, is what your work weeks look like? Because I just said you shorten them more than you already shorten them.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I think for almost two years now, I've been working mostly a four-day work week Fridays are kind of optional, flexible, sometimes just for fun work. Sometimes it's more for kind of life admin. Sometimes it's just for resting and taking a long weekend. But I mostly work just a regular Monday through Thursday with my full hours. And I kind of have different days allocated for different things.
0: So that's kind of what my work week currently looks like. I love that. I'm wondering if you can put yourself in the mindset. You said it's been about two years. When you were first experimenting with this idea of a four-day work week, what were some of the things that made you think, ooh, I should try this out? And what were some of the things that made you think, this is not possible for me?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think the first thing that made me realize it was possible is that when I first started my business, I was in college. I was growing it, hustling. Like I think we've all been through that season as entrepreneurs. And of course, that was not sustainable. And so that really led me to really honor my weekends. And so weekends, I am off social media, I am not creating content, I am not posting, I'm not responding to DMs, just like I would in my inbox or with my clients. So I really honor that like Monday through Friday hours. And I just felt like so good. Whenever I would have a weekend, I'd come back recharged. I I love that I was able to create those boundaries with my business and even take it to taking off a vacation and taking off time and completely being off social media, completely being out of my business. And I think from a social media manager's perspective, we always see like content is always flowing, right? Whether you're there or whether you're logging in on a weekend. And I didn't really, I didn't want my business to feel that way. So I think that showed me, hey, if we cut out one extra day, that isn't that much harder than what you're already doing. But naturally, I think it felt like am I going to be able to get everything done in four days? And is that going to feel really restrictive? And is that going to be hard for people that are wanting to contact me on Fridays? You know, everyone, for the most part, doesn't try to expect communication on a weekend, but what about on a Friday? So even with my team, I'm like, well, if my team's working on a Friday, like, do they need to contact me? So definitely a lot of thoughts and feelings came up. But I think the overwhelming feeling of how I feel when I take off weekends and honor my weekends was kind of what I encouraged me to keep going.
0: I'm so glad you shared that because when we're having these conversations, it's kind of a toss up. You could have just as easily told me like I was so exhausted by my weeks and I needed to have more time to rest. But this actually came from a place of amplifying the good that already existed. And I feel like that gets forgotten in conversations about care and play and inner work, it can get so easy to focus on what is wrong and how can I fix that instead of what is good and how can I create space for more of that in my life? So thank you for giving us that reminder.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I think, I know I'm kind of fast forwarding a little bit, but I found that that was one of my biggest takeaways from doing my summer camp is that I felt like I needed more time for myself When in reality, I just needed to do more of the things and hobbies and interests that I had. It didn't have to be that I had to give up work hours to do more of the things that I liked, which I think was kind of me working from the other perspective of I don't have enough time. I don't have enough capacity to do it. When in reality, I already had the space. I just needed to actually prioritize the things that were important to me.
0: So let's clarify this a little bit. What did your summer camp experiment look like? So starting in June,
1: June through August was my goal. I was hosting my first retreat in August. So I was like, I know I'm going to have all the retreat things to do in August. That was kind of my timeline. And My goal was to, first of all, work less. So I wanted to work a three-day work week. And then my other goal was to prioritize three hobbies, interests, things that I kind of had on my bucket list. So the three things that I chose was starting our garden up again, taking ceramics classes. I took a six-week course and then taking Spanish classes. So those were kind of my three different things that I really wanted to prioritize. And that was a period of time. So that was all the summer camp details.
0: I'm curious why those three things. So you said restart your garden. So that was something that was already happening. What about the other two? Yes. So I was
1: already, we already actively had a space for the
0: garden, but gardening in
1: Florida is harder than you would maybe think because it is so hot and it is so humid and there are so many bugs and pests. And so we kind of just found that we would have like pest issues and then we would try this and we just never really got like, any really great yields, any great fruit or veggies or anything like that. And so it kind of was like a little bit of a wasteland. So I really just wanted to learn more about gardening in Florida. So part of it was self-education. Part of it was tapping into the networking community that I have right where we live to find different, where can I get seeds and where can I get plants and oh, these things work really well here and these things don't. So that was kind of a part of the gardening. In terms of the other ones, those were just things that If I saw someone else doing it or someone else talking about it, or I scrolled across something, it's just like, you feel that gut instinct of like, oh my gosh, I want to do that. Like not in a jealous way, but in a inspired way of like, wow, like ceramics looks so cool. Like, I wonder what that would look like if I wanted to test that out or seeing people like Joe Franco, who is a really amazing creator and she knows like maybe six different languages. I have no clue. I can't keep count. And I just always like admired that about her and thought that was just so cool. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if I could like, you know, learn my own language. So I think it was really just like those desires. I think we all have in the back of our head or the back of our hearts that we're like, oh, one day when we like have time or we have the space or we have the funds to do it. And so that's kind of where I landed on those things. And of course, there's a deeper why of like, I really wanted to be creative outside of my business which I think is kind of where the ceramics came from. I love traveling and I think that knowing a language, especially a country that you're visiting, can give you just an entirely different experience. And we live in a Cuban neighborhood, we live in a Cuban city, so like learning Spanish felt like just something very natural. So that was kind of a little bit on
0: why I landed on the three things that I ended up doing. Oh, there are so many gems in there. To speak to the gardening piece, I loved how you said Tapping into the network that already exists around you. And that can be so important. I think even for me, as I've been going on this journey of recording the season and then doing my own work around play in my life, realizing, oh, there are things that I know that I enjoy doing. And there are people around me or there are groups that are right here. And I just need to like go to the thing <laughs> or... Do a Google search and see what Meetup is already happening. So I love that reminder. The other thing that I think is really interesting is this piece around noticing how you feel when you see other people sharing their creativity and play. I don't know if we've talked about it on this podcast specifically, but I know I've talked about it in other conversations. Jealousy can be such a great teacher for us, and. I know in my upbringing, I got told a lot, like, don't be jealous. Envy is bad. And I think it's kind of like what you do with the jealousy or the envy. Like you can turn it into something really productive where it's like, oh, I want that too. How can I incorporate more than that versus, oh, they're so much better than me or they're so much worse than me or these other things. So for people listening If you have noticed someone who in college for me, I saw people who did like really good calligraphy. And so then I started doing calligraphy because that's something I realized, like, I wish I could write like that. And I could. So follow those, those little nudges, folks. I am wondering, you told us the parameters for your whole experiment. What changed between June and August? And what did you learn over the course of this summer camp summer? Or maybe it just went exactly as you planned. No, it
1: definitely did not. It definitely did not. I mean, I think in general, I learned so much naturally as a business owner. I'm always learning and growing. And I think business owners are even more tuned into self-development. So I think it was so surprising how things completely unrelated to my business left me inspired and learning new things in my business. So that was definitely something that was interesting of like, oh, the hobbies, the play, the thing that I'm doing that actually has nothing to do with my business actually makes me a better business owner just as a bonus, right? The biggest thing that I realized was not worth working was the 3-day work week ironically and i think i told you know i told my audience i told my community kind of for accountability i told my team so i was like okay this is what i'm doing i blocked it off on my calendar and i made it this rigid strict thing and I genuinely felt like I was trying to squeeze all the things I wanted to do into three days of the week. And it felt like it was doing more harm than good. And I think to the point I already mentioned, I thought I needed more time when in reality, I just needed to put ceramics on my calendar. I needed to put learning Spanish on my calendar. It wasn't that I needed more hours to allocate to that. So I mean, luckily, this from support and coaching. My coach was able to tell me she was like, this is not serving you like you're doing it because you think you need to. And this is like completely defeating the whole purpose of this. So once I said no to the three day work week, I automatically felt a burden off my shoulders. And I was able to be like, four day work weeks work for me. But through that, I realized that I don't necessarily need to work a full day, like actually working shorter days works a little bit better for me. So for most days, I kind of try to aim from 10 to three. And so that was kind of a really great finding that I found. I think ceramics taught me so much. I went into it of like, I don't need to be good at this. Like I'm not opening a ceramic shop, right? Like this isn't my new side hustle or I'm not opening a ceramic studio. And there was something so fun about doing something completely on my own. Me and my husband love doing so many of the same things that it can be really easy in a partnership to just, do everything together because we like the same things. We love spending time together. So it was really fun to do something just for me of like Thursday evenings. I'm going to my ceramic studio. I'm like meeting new people. I'm like adding something new to my routine for me, which was really, really fun. I also just loved creating with my hands. I mean, if anyone's ever done like ceramics on the wheel or done like hand building, it's like really physically intense and it's not forgiving at all, right? Like you can create, Create this amazing bowl, and you're like, This is the best bowl I ever created. And then you go to take it off, and then it crumbles, and you're like, Okay, well, gotta throw it away. (laughs) And so I think that taught me so much about just not being so attached to things, of like not striving for perfection, of like I'm learning and I'm improving, and I'm just like having fun creating without the ending actually need to be something. Perfect and ready to go. I, my ceramics teacher always told us, like, if you want a perfect bowl, go to Target and buy the perfect bowl. We're not here to create perfect bowls, you know? So I think ceramics just taught me so much about being creative and the value of like creating with your hands. I think I create so much digitally that it was nice to just play with my hands and be challenged and fail over and over again and kind of be bad at something, but then kind of be a little bit good at it and then completely destroy something. So that was just such a fun process. And then with Spanish, the biggest thing I learned with Spanish is it's a long game. It is a long game. I mean, I think Spanish will be something that I will be continuing to learn for years. And your brain feels it. Like, it was really intense because I was doing a sprint, essentially. So I was doing ceramics classes once a week, and then I was doing Spanish classes like three or four times a week. And it was like I could feel my brain just like mushing and changing and adopting new words. And like I kept like every time someone would like I'd hop on a Zoom call I'd be like, What is dias, Like I was just so like I was just so into it because I really immersed myself in it. But I think it also made me realize. This is a long game, so there's really no rush to stuff everything into my brain in such a short period of time, which is where I kind of thought I got a little bit burnt out at the end of my summer camp, just from how
0: much learning I really was doing. So, so much of that resonated with me, especially the piece around the rigidity. It was coming from such a good intention, like you wanted to create more space for yourself, but you had to have this realization that, you know what, as well-intentioned as this is, it's actually not serving me. And you mentioned something interesting in there too, that it seems like partly it was your own realization, but also the support of your coach, someone who could see from the outside and be like, hey, you meant this to be good. And it's not working for you the way that you thought. I talk a lot of, on this podcast and in inner workout about building your own self-expertise and also the power of having partnerships and people who can see outside of what you're able to see. I'm wondering, what do you think your summer would have looked like if your coach hadn't validated that it wasn't working for you? I think
1: I would have continued to be really attached to the idea of the three-day work week, I think I wouldn't have explored what if it's not how many days I'm working, but what if I just need a work schedule that kind of just works for me and my brain and my creativity and and how I want to work? And I think that's where the idea of a three-day work week came from, which I think is same with the four-day work week, right? And I think we see this so much in entrepreneurship, especially of like, you see the laptop lifestyle where people are like traveling on the go and working from a pool and then you do it and you're like, oh, this travel thing is actually exhausting or like, oh, I actually don't want to be working while I'm in the pool. I want to be relaxing, right? So I think we're often sold this idea in so many different ways of like a four-day work week or three-day work week, like, wow, that. That's when you have this freedom or you have the flexibility. But I think for me, it made me realize that it's actually just building my own thing and maybe being inspired by bits and pieces that work for other people. But I think it was really the permission slip that structure can be really helpful, but when it's not working, it's no longer serving you. And I think that can be really hard. I know, especially for me and something I'm continuing to work on is just when we say we're going to do something, we want to see it through and not quit on it. And, and, you know, but I think if I would have continued to do that, I think it would have left me way burned out than I really wanted to be. And at the end of my summer camp, and it's kind of blurry, I think I'm still kind of like learning and kind of retrospecting what really happened. But it was kind of the first time that I ever experienced depression in my life. And so I think that coupled with like doing all my activities and trying to work less and trying to squeeze things in when in, in reality, I really just needed space and flexibility and time to navigate that season that I didn't have the tools or knowledge to navigate, I think if I would have continued on that route, I would have been in a a deeper hole than I really wanted to be. So it would have been pretty harmful.
0: We all have 24 hours in the day, but depending on your schedule, your responsibilities and your finances, it doesn't always feel like that. We built the Inner Workout app to help you practice self-care with the time you have. It's filled with journaling practices, meditations, and mini-courses called journeys that you can complete in 10 minutes or less. But that's not all. Find more time for self-care with lock sessions, which go beyond notification blocking and allow you to lock yourself out of apps that steal your time and attention. Visit innerworkout.co app. Or click the link in the show notes to add the Inner Workout app to your support system. And something that stood out to me in that is you just you said the word like trying to a few times and that effort. Like when we're talking about playing, yes, it's great to have something that stretches your brain in different ways. But if it's becoming another thing that's on your to do list, and you gotta, people can't see, but I'm kind of balling my fist. I'm like feeling this. Knuckling my way through it. And at least for me, that's an energy that I can pretty easily, I have a lot of Capricorn in my chart, I can pretty easily just muscle through stuff. But that's actually what I'm trying to unlearn through my play. And like you said, create space to experiment and have spaciousness and rest in my life. Not everything has to be another place for me to achieve, which is kind of what you mentioned with pottery, where it's like, I got a little better and then this thing fell apart and then I got better again. And that's kind of how I treat chess. Like I really like playing chess. I'm a very mediocre player. Sometimes I get decently good at it, which is still very mediocre. And then sometimes I'm like back to beginner level. And I just decided like, yeah, this isn't a thing that I need to be really good at. And that's okay.
1: Yeah. I think there's something really freeing about doing something for the sake of the joy of it and not to be good at it. And I think in ceramics, I remember there was a gal that was always, you know, spinning right next to me. And I mean, there would be multiple classes where she kind of gave up and just left. She was just so frustrated. And it made me realize how easy it is to like, she went into that ceramics class initially wanting to relax and be creative and have fun, but then kind of just like the pressures that we all feel to like create an amazing product and to to be perfect and be good at something, it can actually prevent us from really just enjoying the process versus the end point. And I think that was something that was just like really fun. And I think it just taught me so much. And I mean, I'm still ready to go back to ceramics. Like I wasn't even having that expectation that it was gonna be become my new thing. But after classes, I was like looking up, like, where can I get clay locally? And can I fit a wheel in my house? Like, where would I get, you know, all those different types of things. But I think it was because I went into it of like, I don't have to be good at this. I just want to have fun doing it. And I think the more and more we can do that in all aspects of our life, the more joy we'll have.
0: Yeah, that mindset can make such a difference if you go into something like, yeah, I'm just testing this out. This is just an experiment versus... I'm going to be the next great ceramicist. Very different expectations and very different experiences when your bowl falls apart or whatever else might happen. Something else that you mentioned that was interesting when you were talking about Spanish, which I double majored in Spanish. You're kind of inspiring me to like start again I was at the point where I was basically fluent and I would dream in Spanish. And now it's, it's slowly faded away. All of that to say, I empathize with that. Like, oh, my brain is working so hard, especially when I studied abroad. And I just feel like, I don't know what language I'm thinking in. I don't know words in English now because I've been so focused on learning words in Spanish. And you just said... It's a long game. This is going to be a lifelong process that you continue to develop. I'm wondering in what ways is your summer camp experience a long game? And what are the things that you've learned in the process that you're going to infuse even without having to have like a three-day work week or a very specific set of hobbies that you're diving into?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing is prioritizing those hobbies and interests, just as anything else in my life. I think for someone who's always been pretty active and was like an athlete growing up, wellness and working out and being healthy is one of those really easy long games for me, right? Like I know movement makes me feel good. So in every season of life, I'm able to find a a piece of movement that works for me. But I think for the other sections of just like creativity or like finding new communities or like trying new things or going back to things that I loved like as a child, right? Those are the things that we maybe do for a little bit and then we kind of, you know, fall off of. And so I think really integrating that in a regular basis, whether it's keeping something like ceramics and Spanish long term, but in a less intensive way. For me, I decided I want to do one Spanish class a week and then I can do like some studying and touch points from there because I really know it's going to be a long game and I don't need to smush everything into my brain in such a short period of time. And then I think just also just having all the things I did of like trying something new, trying something in a different way, challenging myself, exploring new things. I definitely want that to be like a constant for me. And to make sure that I'm prioritizing that just as much as all the other things that we easily prioritize that are already in our calendar and careers that we do and things we do to make money and all those things that we easily prioritize because we have to in some ways, really prioritizing the things that I don't have to do, but are just so great for me. So it's definitely inspired me to keep with it. I know right now it's starting to get a little cooler in Florida. So we're thinking of picking up pickleball, which I'm very much expecting to not be great at. And I'm like, I already, I'm practiced at that. It's okay. We don't need to be good at it, but it's something that's going to be fun. You get to be able to have a community, be able to try something new. And if we like it, we stick with it, great. If not, like we're trying something new. And even just like a small thing, like I said, wellness is something that's pretty easy for me, but I tested out class pass, which if anyone's not familiar, you have like a monthly, subscription and it gives you credits and you can go to like any studio you want. And so that's been very... intimidating. I think it gives you that same feeling of like when you're the new kid at school and like you pull up and you don't know where everything is and where to sit and what to do. Like it's that like those butterflies before I go. Like I'm always like, I don't want to go. Like this is going to be so scary. But then just doing something new is so fun and just trying something out of my normal routine. So I think that's definitely been like a theme that I want to continue even beyond summer, which has been really, really fun.
0: Yeah. You said something so great there where you're like, If I'm not good at pickleball, that's fine because I'm practiced at it. And you've built this muscle of, yeah, I can try something and not be good at it. And what I'm hearing is you're not making it mean anything about you. It's just, oh, that's part of the experience. Sometimes you try things and you're good at things. Sometimes you try things and you're not as good at them and you can still have fun either way.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I also think as I continue to explore new things, giving myself the space of like, I might not like them. Like I might do pickleball a few times and be like, this just like is not for me. And so I don't need to try to go through it because we already bought really cute, very expensive pickleball paddles. Like we don't need to keep pushing through pickleball if that's not the thing. So I think giving myself that flexibility that we, we've we talked about as well to do things in a way that I like, remove things, add things and be fluid with how I integrate that into my life.
0: I am curious as a theme that I'm hearing from you, and this is something I tend to do in my own life as well, is be really open to trying things and then realizing it's not working. So what does that cadence look like for you? And what I mean by cadence, I guess, is like, For your summer camp experiment, you had the summer, June through August, but now things might not be as structured. So how do you give yourself enough time to try something while also giving yourself permission to let it go? I feel like it's
1: definitely doing it more than twice. That's I feel like is a really great rule of thumb. Like if I'm just thinking about it moving forward, even for the gardening, I was like, if we try this veggie and fruit thing like our second time and we just like it's not working, what if we're flower people? Like we put that on the table. Like what if we're not fruit and veggie growers, (laughs) and we just want to have flowers, right? Or we just want to have fruit trees instead of like a bunch of different things in a garden bed. So I think giving it more than just, okay, I'm trying it once. I'm trying it again. But like really seeing it through, I think is definitely something that I've honestly learned from business, right? I think it's so easy to like for something not to work right away or to not feel good right away and to easily just want to ditch it because we can, we have the freedom to. But I think one thing I've learned from entrepreneurship that I've definitely applied to my life is that you probably won't nail it on the first try, right? And you kind of need to see it through even when it's messy, even when it doesn't feel good. I feel like working out is such a great example of this, right? It's like the first time you go to the gym, probably won't like it. The second time, maybe still won't like it. But once you kind of start building that habit and muscle, you might have a little bit more discernment of like, okay, this actually just like isn't for me versus I just needed to do it a little bit more and kind of get into a groove.
0: I love that you brought it this way because so much of how we've been approaching this season is like What can play teach us? And let's talk to people not about what they do for work and learn the lessons from there. And you offered us something that business has taught you that then translates into play. And I think that's a nice reminder, even though we're not centering work and business in this season, to notice that it can go both ways. Things in your business can help you play and have hobbies and do that in a way that feels really fulfilling for you and things that you're doing for fun can teach you about business. And we're not doing them. I'm making this note also for myself. We're not doing them so that we can learn business lessons, but just as a happy bonus, they might teach us some business lessons in the process. I really appreciate you, Natasha, just breaking down what this experience was like for you really good things about it and some of the things that were a little bit sticky for you. If people want to stay in touch and learn more about your journey, how can they stay connected to you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on. And it was kind of a little bit of a nice change of pace for me. Not talking about video, we get to talk about play, which was really, really fun. But you can definitely connect with me over on Instagram at Shine with Natasha. That's where I hang out the most often. And also over on the Shine Online podcast, wherever you're listening to this podcast, I did an entire episode kind of sharing a little bit more about my lessons and thoughts and debriefs, like kind of right as it was wrapping up, so that might be kind of a great continuation on this conversation.
0: Yeah, we'll link to I think you had two episodes. We'll link to both of those in the show notes. So if you want to hop over right after this and listen, they're great. There's why Natasha's here because we listened to them and we were like, <laughs> oh, we want to talk to you about this more. So thanks again, Natasha, for being on the show. Inner warmup is a collaborative effort. It's hosted by me, Taylor Lee Morrison. Produced by Jenny Kearns and edited by Carolina Duque. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with a friend. And if you're looking to continue your inner work, our free Take Care Assessment is a great place to start. On that note, take care.